Well, good morning. It is Friday, December 1st, 2023. Friday, December 1st, 2023. Get those rent checks in. Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava. Uh, real quick, George Santos was just expelled from the House of Representatives. This makes Santos only the sixth lawmaker ever kicked out of the chamber. Uh, the resolution required two-thirds majority vote to succeed. Uh, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson announced that 311 members of the House voted to expel Santos, 206 Democrats, and 105 Republicans. Another uh, 114 voted against the expulsion. Uh, two members uh, recorded themselves present. That means there were about 10, or excuse me, about eight that were not there. Uh, and that means it was close, but not that close. Uh, 28 votes over the required two-thirds uh, because of Democrats. It's Democrats that want corruption out of the House. Apparently not Republicans. Uh, according uh, to a uh, former House parliamentarian, an expulsion is administratively handled the same way as a vacancy, including death or resignation. Uh, the House clerk assumes control of the office and makes decisions on behalf of that office. Uh, obviously, no votes, uh, just taking care of stuff. They will decide how Santos' office is cleared out, among other steps. His district office remains intact for constituent needs. Uh, the chamber's clerk will inform the governor of New York that there is now a vacancy in the 3rd District of New York. It is then up to Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul to schedule a special election to replace him. Oh, our, our long nightmare is over, but I'm sure we will have more to hear from the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Man, do I appreciate you so much. Have I told you that? Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you uh, today or this weekend. That would be awesome. And you can tweet to me questions or X to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on formerly known as Twitter. And by the way, it is Friday. Don't forget to look for that Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when politicians throw something out there in the, uh, um, in the Friday or Saturday uh, uh, news cycle. So it'll disappear uh, before Monday. We'll see what happens. We'll see if anything happens there. Uh, there might, oh, who knows? Santos might have a bombshell that he wants to release. Because he, he did indicate that, he, that there, ha, there was some house corruption. <laughs> and he indicated that some people could be in trouble. Uh, burn the house down, baby! <laughs> uh, President Vladimir Zelensky. We're starting with Russia and Ukraine, as we usually do. Uh, President Vladimir Zelensky, you said in his nightly address, uh, according to uh, translation... After touring Ukrainian positions in the Northeast, in all major sectors, we need to boost and accelerate the construction of structures. Uh, in an interview today, Zelensky told Associated Press a new phase of the war had been entered as winter has begun. He said, winter as a whole is a new phase of war. I'd say that a winter war takes place not only on the front lines, but inside the cities too. Uh, Zelensky also addressed uh, last summer's counteroffensives saying Ukraine had wanted faster results, adding that limitations to uh, the size of Ukraine's army and having less weapons than requested from allies were factors. He said, there is not enough power to achieve the desired results faster, but this does not mean that we, are, we should give up, that we should have to surrender. We are confident in our actions. We fight for what is ours. Looking ahead, Zelensky discussed plans to establish weapons productions with Ukraine and said the country would quickly scale up production if they were provided with monetary support and relevant licenses, which they already have. Didn't, uh, didn't they uh, uh, get in a deal with uh, Germany's arms manufacturer, uh, Rhein, uh, what is it, Rheinsmetall or something like that, I think, or whatever, uh, something metal. Um uh, yeah, and as far as uh, 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 the new phase of the war, he's he's going to be they're they're going to be digging trenches and 
and uh, uh, fortifying the line where they are um, uh, to make sure they're ready for a defense because an offense may come from Russia. Uh, Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lapdog Lavrov on Friday, today, accused U.S. Secretary Antony Blinken of simple cowardice after Blinken left the gathering of the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, the uh, OSCE, uh, in uh, Skopje, uh, uh, North uh, Macedonia, or Macedonia. Is it Macedonia? Uh, yesterday, he left before the two of them could cross paths. So he called him, he called him, what did he say, what did he say again? Cowardice. <laughs> As you know, Blinken had pressing issues in Israel. Uh, speaking at a news conference in, in Skopje on Friday, Lavrov also said Moscow saw no indication that Ukraine was willing to negotiate a political resolution to the conflict and that Russia would not change the course of its special military operation in Ukraine. Again, Ukraine is willing to negotiate under two terms. Pull out of eastern and southern Ukraine and Crimea and remove Putin from power. And suddenly Ukraine will happy be happy to talk about anything. Uh, Lavrov accused the 57-member security-oriented uh, organization, the, uh, the OSCE. Um, they accused them, he, he accused them of essentially being turned into an appendage of NATO and the European Union. Uh, European Council President Charles Michel said that the EU already has an association agreement with Ukraine after Hung Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban called for a strategic partnership to be signed before talks could begin on Kyiv's future membership. He asked for that because he's trying to delay this. Uh, in this case, you cannot trust what Orban's uh, or ulterior motives are because he's a big Putin supporter. On the sidelines of COP28 today, Estonian Prime Minister Kaja, uh, good-looking, cute Estonian Prime Minister uh, Kaja Kalos insisted that Western support is not fraying amid a recent rise in popularity for right-wing populist figures across Europe. She said, there is a lot of talk about war fatigue, but we also have to understand that there is war fatigue on Russia's side. And if you think about the combined defense budgets of the Romstein coalition that is behind Ukraine, they are 13 times bigger than that of Russia, Russia's heavily inflated one. So there is no question who is stronger here. We are uh, uh, talking tough for a woman, right? I didn't mean it to sound like that. You know what I mean. Uh, we sometimes, uh, men, men in power don't like it when women in power talk tough. <laughs> I'm sure Putin will say something about that. Uh, we sometimes underestimate our own strength and power. We have to be firm. We have to stick to the lines. Uh, the Romstein uh, Coalition, also known as the Ukraine Defense Contact Group, is an alliance of 54 nations, including 31 NATO members and 23 non-NATO states. Uh, that are uh, coordinating support for Ukraine's defense against Russia's invasion. Yesterday, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz discussed the latest political, military, and humanitarian situation in Ukraine in a phone call with uh, Zelensky. Scholz told the uh, Ukrainian president that Germany would continue to support Ukraine along with European and international partners. Uh, Schultz also reiterated Germany's ongoing and unwavering solidarity with Ukraine and said that its future lies in the European uh, Union. Uh, Estonia said it was prepared to close its border with Russia following a similar move by Finland. Estonian uh, Foreign Minister Margus uh, Sokna uh, said in a statement, uh, on uh, Finland's border, uh, it was a blatant hybrid attack conducted by Russia. Meanwhile, Poland said that it intends to approve Finland's request for uh, troop deployment near the border with Russia. However, Russia has warned that the deployment would be viewed as a threat and stoke tensions. And I'm sure they're going to say something about that today. Um, 
U.S. National Security uh, spokesman uh, John Kirby said Washington has been working with Ukraine to prepare for an expected Russian onslaught heading into winter by shoring up supplies in the events of attacks on heat and electricity infrastructure. Uh, the Ukrainian Air Force said on, tele- on its Telegram channel that it shot down 18 out of 25 attack drones launched overnight for, from Russia towards eastern and southern Ukraine, along with one of two uh, guided cruise missiles. Russia's Navy reported early Friday morning that it destroyed a Ukrainian Navy uh, vessel without crew that was headed towards Crimea. Uh, Ukraine claimed on Friday to have orchestrated attacks on a Russian railway line in Siberia, thousands of kilometers away from the front line in eastern Ukraine. A source in Ukrainian law enforcement agencies said the Russians have fallen into the Ukrainian, uh, the SBUs, uh, trap twice. Another fuel train, that's Ukrainian's military intelligence, the SBU, uh, another fuel train has exploded on, on the Bakal Amur Railway. The source said that alleged attack on Friday was a follow-up to an explosion on Wednesday night involving a train passing through the remote Siberian Republic of Buryatia. Uh, Russian authorities have reported several attacks on the country's transport infrastructure since it launched its invasion of Ukraine last year. This is just one more. I wonder if they're going to go to um, uh, the railway uh, going to Kaliningrad. I wonder if they dare do that. Because that's on Lithuanian soil, technically. But I doubt it. That's the, remember, the Sawalki Gap? Anyway... Now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, It looks like that Yahoo Netanyahu really screwed up. Uh, It's no wonder he didn't want to start the investigation into why Hamas was able to attack on October 7th. Apparently, Israel and likely Netanyahu himself knew of the upcoming attack. Was this a wag the dog, you think? Was it? That's when a leader goes to war to gain support from the masses. An approximately 40-page document, which Israel authorities uh, codenamed Jericho Wall, outlined point by point exactly the kind of devastating invasion that led to the deaths of about 1,200 people. Uh, uh, Documents and emails uh, and and, and the interviews uh, show Israeli officials obtained Hamas battle plans for the October 7th terrorist attack more than a year before it happened. But Israeli military and intelligence officials dismissed the plan as aspirational, considering it too difficult for Hamas to carry out. The translated document... Oh, never underestimate your enemy. I, I, I mean, I, uh, uh, the art of war. Just read it, man. I mean, seriously. Uh, the translated document, which was reviewed... Um, by the New York Times, did not set a date for the attack, but it described a uh, uh, methodical assault designed to overwhelm the fortification around the Gaza Strip, take over Israeli cities, and storm key military bases, including a division headquarters. Hamas followed the blueprint with shocking precision. The documents called for a barrage of rockets at the outset of the attack, drones to knock out the security cameras, and automated machine guns along the border, and gunmen to pour into Israel en masse in paragliders, on motorcycles, and on foot, all of which happened on October 7th. If you want to see the, they have video of the guy using a paraglider to go in. So... This isn't crazy stuff. They did it. Uh, You can see it on YouTube. Uh, The plan also included details about the location and size of Israeli military forces, communication hubs, and other sensitive information, raising the question about how Hamas gathered its intelligence and whether there were leaks. The document circulated widely among Israeli military and intelligence leaders. Uh, It is unclear at this point whether Netanyahu saw the document. But that could be worse and telling of a government so embroiled in politics that they don't have time to do their job. Imagine that. Imagine if, if, if Netanyahu just dismissed it and said, I don't want to see that. 
Last year, shortly after the document was obtained, officials in, in the Israel's uh, uh, military Gaza division, which is responsible for defending the border with Gaza, said Hamas intentions were unclear. Then in July, just three months before the attack, a veteran uh, analyst uh, with Unit 8200, Israel's Signals and Intelligence Agency, warned that Hamas had conducted an intense day-long training exercise that appeared similar to what was outlined in the blueprint. Now, that isn't new news. We knew about that. Uh, I didn't report on it. We knew about that about a month ago. Uh, at, right after the war started, they talked about how they were practicing exactly that last year. But according to encrypted emails, a colonel in the Gaza division brushed off her concerns. Uh, the, the expert, uh, the analyst wrote in an email exchange. Oh, you know what? She's a woman. You know, you can't trust them women. <laughs> oh man. Um, the analyst wrote in email exchanges, I utterly refute that the scenario is imaginary. The Hamas training exercise, she said, fully matched the content of the Jericho wall. In other words, it was a credible threat. She added, it is a plan designed to start a war. It's not just a raid on a village. Officials privately concede that had the military taken these warnings, warnings seriously and redirected uh, significant reinforcements to the south where Hamas attacked, Israel could have blunted the attacks or possibly even prevented them. Israeli security officials have already acknowledged that they failed to protect the country and the government is expected to assemble a commission to study the events leading up to the attacks. Uh, let, me, let me translate that for you. Uh, the government is expected to assemble a commission to cover up the failures and incompetence leading up to the attacks and to cover up Netanyahu's uh, involvement in not doing anything. That's the translation. Uh, the Jericho Wall document lays bare a years-long cascade of missteps that culminated in what officials now regard as the worst Israeli intelligence failure since the surprise attack that led to the Arab-Israel uh, War of 1973. Underpinning all the, uh, these failures was a single, fatally inaccurate belief that Hamas lacked the capability to attack and would not dare do so. That belief was so ingrained in the Israeli government, officials said that they disregarded growing evidence to the contrary. Of course, the Israeli military and the Israeli uh, secret, uh, security agency, which is in charge of counterterrorism in Gaza, declined to comment. If this sounds horribly familiar, let me remind you of Bush 43, George Bush, George W. Bush, not George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush 41 is George H.W. Bush. Bush 43 is George W. Bush. Uh, during the uh, spring and summer of 2001, President George Bush had on several occasions asked his briefers whether any of the threats pointed to the United States. Um, reflecting on the, these questions, the CIA de de uh, decided to write a briefing article summarizing its understanding of this danger, right? Two CIA analysts involved in preparing the briefing article believed it represented an opportunity to communicate their view that the threat of a bin Laden attack in the United States remained both current and serious. The result was an article in the August 6 PDB presidential daily briefing titled Bin Laden determined to strike in the U.S. I, I mean, they even had information about uh, uh, um, pilots from overseas, from Saudi Arabia, taking uh, flying classes in, inside the United States. It was the 36th presidential daily brief. In other words, he was president for one month. Uh, just over a month, 
Uh, it was a 36th presidential daily brief item briefed so far that year that related to bin Laden or Al-Qaeda and the first devoted to the possibility of an attack in the United States. Yes, we were warned that 9-11 was coming. The twin, uh, uh, And because of that, 3,000 people died and the Republican president started a few wars that lasted 20 years and nearly bankrupted us. Oh, but Republicans, don't let them tell you that that they want to save money. Please don't let them tell you that. They'll they'll go into two, was it two wars or three wars? They'll go into uh, two or three wars, right? And spend billions of dollars going to war with the people who didn't attack us. That's what they did. It was, uh, uh, what was it? 14 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi Arabians. They were Saudis. Wow. We went into Iraq and, and, and uh, ended up having the, uh, the uh, Saddam Hussein killed, who was enemies with Iran. Now they're friends with Iran. I mean, they're still not perfect friends. But they're better acquainted. And that is causing problems. Uh, The enemy of my enemy is my friend. That is causing problems because of what's going on in Israel and uh, Gaza right now. And the West Bank. Let's not forget. Uh, So this morning, Israel resumed its assault on the Gaza Strip just minutes after the pause with Hamas officially expired. uh, Ending a rickety seven-day truce that created conditions for the release of hundreds of Israeli and Palestinian captives and allowed additional, but still, of course, inadequate humanitarian aid to enter from Egypt, uh, from, uh, what's that, uh, the Rafa crossing? Yeah. Uh, so the pause from murdering thousands is over and we should be at 20,000 innocent civilians murdered by next Friday. The U.S. expects that Netanyahu is going to abide by rules to lower civilian deaths, but we know that Netanyahu thinks he controls the U.S. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Anthony Blinken has clearly laid out benchmarks uh, for the protection of civilians in Israelis, uh, Israel's war against Hamas in Gaza. In the strongest and most specific U.S. remarks yet, Mr. Blinken said he told the Israeli government that it must avoid further mass displacements of Palestinians and damage to critical infrastructure like hospitals, power stations, and water facilities. The problem with all these demands is no teeth. The U.S. hasn't threatened to pull aid if Netanyahu doesn't do as he's asked. That means that Yahoo won't give a crap. The Secretary of State traveled to Israel during a a pause to deliver the message, his fourth visit since the conflict began. Uh, Blinken accepted that Israel planned to resume its military operation, but he also underscored the imperative for the United States that the massive loss of civilian life and displacement of the scale that we saw in northern Gaza not be repeated in the South. Israeli military strikes have hit hospitals and schools and rendered northern Gaza a moonscape of destruction. And that's what all of us, all of, uh, excuse me, that's what all of Gaza will be. The unfolding devastation has shifted the approach of President Joe Biden's administration from unequivocal support for Israel's right after the attack to a growing emphasis on civilian protection and a focus on alleviating the desperate humanitarian conditions in Gaza. But but this only after the political discourse gave Biden a 10-point hit in the polls, not to mention the mounting hatred for U.S. policy all over the world. Senior officials have been previewing Blinken's message for a more surgical approach when Israel focuses its offensive on southern Gaza, where more than one and a half million Palestinians have fled to escape bombing in the north. Further displacements of Palestinians would be 
beyond the capacity of any humanitarian support networks uh, to cope with. He clarified that safe zones needed to involve multiple places near UN facilities and shelters, not a single area for mass relocation of civilians as initially proposed by Israel's government. You know, Israel wants them all in the same place so they can bomb the hell out of them and kill them all. I'm sure of it. Um, or, or just mass export them to Egypt. Uh, Mr. Blinken also underlined that there must be room to sustain and build on the humanitarian assistance given into Gaza. We will see this week if Israel will listen and if Biden will have the balls to be more hard-lined if he doesn't. And I don't see Biden having the balls. Uh, of course, all this depends on if the Likud party stays in charge or if Netanyahu isn't kicked out. If that happens, it might be easier to convince Israel to do something. And after that report that Netanyahu may have known this was coming, oh man, I, I, I would expect starting Sunday that the shit's going to hit the fan. Because of course it's it's a Saturday right now over there, right? Or it's it's after it's after uh, it's late evening on Friday, which means you know uh, the thing every Friday night to Saturday night. So, has AI been used in Israel's war in Palestine in uh, the Gaza Strip? Uh, the IDF has long burnished its reputation for technical prowess and has previously made bold but unverifiable claims about harnessing new technology. After the 11-day war in Gaza in May 2021, officials said Israel had fought its first AI war using machine learning and advanced computing. AI running war. Nothing bad can happen here. Uh, the latest Israel-Hamas war has proved, uh, excuse me, provided an unprecedented opportunity for the IDF to use such tools in a much wider theater of operations and in particular to deploy an AI target creation platform called The Gospel, which has significantly accelerated a lethal production line of targets that officials have compared to a factory, right? Just keeps on pumping out targets, the computer does. Just like a Star Trek. There was a Star Trek episode like that, right? The whole thing was about that. That AI was... Except no one was really dying in that. Um, there is an AI-facilitated military intelligence unit that is playing a significant role in Israel's response to the Hamas massacre in southern Israel on the 7th of October. The Israel, uh, Israel-Hamas war would be an important moment If the IDF is using AI in a significant way to make targeting choices with life and death consequences. Now, I want you to think about this. This isn't just Israel. The United States and every quote-unquote civilized country in the world is looking at what happens with this AI attack to see if they will use it in the future. Think about that. In early November, the IDF said more than 12,000 targets in Gaza had been identified by its target administration division. Describing the unit's targeting process, an official said, we work with compromise in defining who and what the enemy is. The operatives of Hamas are not immune, no matter where they hide. A short statement on the IDF website claimed it was using an AI-based system called Habsura, uh, which is, uh, translates to the gospel in English, in the war against Hamas to produce targets at a fast pace. The IDF said that uh, through the rapid and automa- uh, automatic extraction of intelligence, the gospel produced targeting recommendations for its researchers with the goal of complete match between the recommendation of the machine and the identification carried out by the person. Multiple sources familiar with the IDF's targeting processes confirmed the existence of gospel, uh, call, uh, uh, saying it had been used to produce automated recommendations for attacking targets, such as the 
private homes of individuals suspected of being Hamas or Islamic Jihad operatives. And if they have children, it doesn't care. According to uh, Aviv Kochavi, who served as the head of the IDF until January, once this machine was activated in Israel's 11-day war with Hamas in uh, May 2021, it generated 100 targets a day. To put that into perspective... In the past, we would produce 50 targets in Gaza in a year. So do the math. Uh, 365 times uh, 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 50 is uh, uh, 170, 80, 180, uh, 183, whatever. 183. Uh, uh, 18,000, 18, uh, uh, anyway, a lot more. Let's just do that. Um, precisely what forms of data are ingested into the gospel is not known, but experts said AI based decisions, uh, decision support systems for targeting would typically analyze large sets of information from a range of sources, such as drone footage, intercepted communication, surveillance data, and information drawn from monitoring the movements and behavior patterns of individuals and large groups. One official who worked on targeting decisions in previous Gaza operations said the IDF had not previously targeted the homes of junior Hamas members for bombings. They said they believed that had uh, that had changed for the present conflict with the houses of suspected Hamas operatives now targeted regardless of rank. The official told uh, Plus 972 local call that is a lot of houses. They, the official said that is a lot of houses. Hamas members who don't really mean anything um who don't really mean anything, live in homes across Gaza. Uh, these these people that are nobodies live in homes across Gaza. They, they're just little, they're privates or whatever. So they mark the home and bomb the house and kill everyone there, including children. Each target had a file containing collateral damage score that stipulated how many civilians were likely to be killed in the strike. And apparently, there's a certain amount they are okay with. Oh, if it's 20 or killed in the strike, that's okay. We killed one guy. The source said there had been occasions when there was doubt about a target, and we killed what I thought was a disproportionate amount of civilians. They've used this before. And you wonder, you wonder why by next Friday, there's going to be 20,000 dead in Gaza. And this is why. Because AI is telling humans what to do and humans are saying, oh, okay, let's do that. That's what's happening. I, do you remember the, uh, the, the Harvard prison study? Was it the Harvard prison study? Where, where uh, jailers were told what to do and they had to stop the study because it got out of hand? Un unfaith jailers were told what to do they there was no face put on who told them that they were just told what to do and they got out of hand and this is what's happening innocent civilians are getting murdered in Gaza because Israel is using AI to kill them and they're they're passing they're passing the blame on the oh AI told me to do it that's what's going on uh moving on uh, the House passed a bipartisan measure yesterday that would block Iran from ever access, accessing that $6 billion recently transferred by the U.S. in a prisoner swap to Qatar, uh, a step Republicans pushed in response to the nation's alleged role in the deadly attacks last month by Hamas on Israel. Uh, uh, in other words, Iran was uh, involved. The measure, titled the No Funds for Iran Terrorism Act, N-F-I-T and No no Fit Act. Eh, not really. Uh, passed 307 to uh, 119. 
Uh, this is being used politically to call out Biden for allowing the funds to go to Iran. Uh, still, a lot of Democrats voted for it too, and I kind of agree that Iran should not be getting the aid. However, we did promise it, but he probably shouldn't have promised it. Uh, but uh, they did not get yet take any of the aid, no matter what Republicans tell you. That has not happened at all. Uh, yesterday, Democratic lawmakers on the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee... Oh, there's going to be a lawsuit from Iran. You bet there's going to be a lawsuit from Iran in the International Court. Uh, yesterday, Democratic lawmakers on the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee were obstructed by Republicans when they tried to prevent... Republicans tried to re- uh, prevent the panel from subpoenaing billionaire megadonor Harlan Crow and Federalist Society co-chairman... Leonard Leo over their gifts to right-wing U.S. Supreme Court justices, a ploy that ultimately failed. They tried to block it, but it failed. There is big money on the line for Republican campaign coffers. That's why they were trying to stop it. A committee meeting was marked by strong back and forth between Republicans and Democrats with lawmakers including Texas GOP Senators John Cornyn and Ted Ted Cancun Cruz, accusing the Democrats of enacting a vendetta against conservative justices on the high court with their vote in favor of ordering Crow and Leo to testify. I, I don't know how that has anything to do with those justices. I mean, if Crow and Leo testify that uh, they... Uh, uh, they 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 also helped some left wing justices and gave them gifts. That would come out too. So it's not targeting them, right? Both men have refused to provide the committee with information regarding reports that they funded luxury trips and other gifts for right wing justice Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito. <clears throat> As a leader of the Federalist Society, Leo Leonard Leo. Oh, I hate that name. If he was in my school, I mean, I wasn't very popular. I got beat up too. But I would have to find a way to beat someone up like that. Uh, Leonard Leo has also played a key role in securing seats on the Supreme Court for some of its most conservative members, paving the way for the court to overturn Roe v. Wade and significantly weaken states' abilities to regulate gun ownership, among other rulings. Committee Chair... Dick Durbin and the other Democrats for uh, for voting subpoena Crow and Leo, saying the move in the face of Republican obstruction and claims that the subpoenas would destroy the committee help. Uh, committee helped to re- reassert Congress' role as a co-equal branch of government. Earlier this month, the Supreme Court announced for the first time the establishment uh, of an ethics code. But advocates say that without any, and I say. Without any enforcement mechanisms in, pl- in place, the code would not go far in ensuring an end to lavish gifts like those paid for by Crow and Leo. And by the way, why is not the IRS involved? Because gifts of this magnitude, the taxes have to be paid on them. Not by the person receiving the gift, by the people giving the gifts. I wonder if that's happening. Uh, Moving on. It just got way worse for Trump. (laughs) Let me have some coffee here. Yeah, it just got way worse for Trump. Amidst all these criminal trials are a multitude of civil trials against him for damages. We were not sure if the cases could continue and a long-awaited consequential decision from the Federal Appeals Court in Washington, D.C., former President Donald Trump is not immune from being held accountable in civil lawsuits related to the January 6, 2021 U.S. Capitol riot, the insurrection. The decision making new law around the presidency will have significant implications for several cases against Trump in Washington, D.C., federal court related to the 2020 election. Now, this is interesting. Um, President uh, 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 Trump says he's immune uh, from prosecution, but these aren't prosecutions. These are uh, uh, lawsuits, right? Anyway, uh, the decision 
uh, arises out of lawsuits brought by Capitol Police officers and Democrats in Congress. Uh, the opinion written by Chief Judge Sri Srinivasan, we've talked about him before, uh, states that not everything a president does while in office is protected from liability. The president does not spend every minute of every day exercising official responsibilities, the opinion said. And when he acts outside the functions of his office, he does not continue to enjoy immunity. The decision to allow the January 6th lawsuits against Trump to proceed was unanimous among the three judges on the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, Judge Craig Katsas concurred with the decision and Judge uh, Judith Rogers concurred in part uh, acts in an official acts in an unofficial private capacity he is subject to civil suits like any private citizen. The decision allows three lawsuits against Trump from Capitol Police officers and members of Congress who are seeking recovery from emotional distress and physical injury from the attack to move forward. The complaints largely rely on federal law prohibiting individuals from conspiring to prevent someone from holding federal office. The lawmakers allege that they were threatened by Trump and others as part of a conspiracy to stop the congressional session that would certify the 2020 presidential election in January 6, 2021. They argue that Trump should bear responsibility for directing the assaults. Trump moved to dismiss the lawsuits against him on several grounds, including presidential immunity, which the D.C. Uh, District Court rejected, saying that the former president's actions in the lead up to the riot at the Cap U.S. Capitol riot uh, were all an effort to remain in office and not official functions of his presidency. The district court did not, uh, excuse me, did find that Trump was protected by presidential immunity from the claim that he failed to stop the riot, saying that he would be acting in his official presidential powers in that instance. Which is odd. He won't be held accountable for being a bad president. Isn't that weird? Moving on. Oh, two more Trump. Uh, and his New York fraud trial, uh, Trump shared posts on social media that were uh, were made by Angeron's wife, Judge Angeron's wife. Trump shared images of the alleged post on Wednesday and Thursday on his social media platform, True Social. The post showed images created with artificial intelligence of Trump in an orange prison jumping uh, jumpsuit, mopping floors, reading books, and with a shaved head. In another Wednesday evening post on True Social, Trump accused Judge Arthur Angeron's wife of being Trump-hating and said she and Angeron's law, law clerk, uh, Allison Greenfield, had taken over control of the trial against him. The images that Trump shared to his more than 6.5 million followers were originally shared by Laura Loomer, a conspiracy theorist and far-right personality who posted them on her social media accounts and claimed they belonged to Mrs. Engeron's private X account, Twitter account. One minor problem. Al Baker, spokesman uh, for New York's Office of Court Administration, said Justice Engeron's wife has not sent social media posts regarding the former president. They are not hers. She does not have a Twitter account. <laughs> Oops. Oh, man, I can't wait for Ang Angeron to address this in court. Will this be a $20,000 fine? The gag order was briefly lifted after Trump's legal team appealed the ruling, but was put back in place yesterday by a state appeals court. Yesterday was Thursday. I am unsure if any of the posts by Trump were available after the gag order was put back. I assume Mrs. Angeron also can now sue Trump and the woman who made the original post. We shall see what happens. I, she might know a few lawyers. What do you think? <laughs> uh, moving on to Georgia. 
In a pair of back-to-back hearings today, attorneys for former President Donald Trump and several of his co-defendants in Georgia election interference case are set to appear in court to seek the dismissal of the case or push back on upcoming deadlines. Lawyers for Trump, uh, former Trump campaign attorney Ray Smith, and so-called alternative elector David Schaefer, or Schaffer, are expected to argue their motions for uh, the case's dismissal or the dismissal of specific counts in the first hearing of the day based on what they argue are various flaws in the way the indictment was drafted by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. Smith is seeking, among other motions, the dismissal of the top racketeering or RICO charge, which accuses the defendants of participating in an enterprise, a characterization that Smith argues is too broad. Smith's motion for dismissal said if such an enterprise existed, it is comprom- it is compromised, uh, excuse me, it is comprised of millions of Americans, including legislatures, legislators, lawyers, government officials, and ordinary citizens, while making no mention of how much on the inside he was compared to the rest of the world. In other words, he's glumping him with everybody else in the world and saying, oh, I didn't do anything special. I'm just some guy. Oh, hey, (laughs) we know difference. Um, Willis, in an opposing motion, argues that Smith's claims are unsupported by law and that, and that, unsupported by law, and that indictment sufficiently uh, demonstrates a RICO enterprise. Anything they do today is just a procedural uh, attack to try and stop the case from going forward. That's all it is. And nothing's going to succeed. They're just trying to slow it down. Uh, Lawyers for Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and former Justice Department official Jeffrey Clark will present arguments during the second day's hearing, seeking a two-month extension to December uh, 4th, uh, uh, to the December 4th deadline for discovery, and the January 8th deadline for pretrial motions, citing his ongoing effort to remove his case from federal court. Clark, uh, he's already been struck down for something similar to that. Uh, Clark is also seeking to delay those deadlines, citing his own federal removal effort, as well as an o- his ongoing dis- disciplinary uh, case brought by the D.C. Bar that's uh, underway in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> hey, so did you watch the debate last night? It wasn't, I, I wasn't able to because I was busy. Uh, Sean Hannity uh, monitored, uh, Insanity Hannity monitored, moderated, excuse me, often pleading with the two uh, uh, governors to spend less time talking over one another and more time answering his questions. Throughout the evening, Newsom served essentially as a stand-in surrogate for the White House and its policies, frequently heaping praise on Biden's economic agenda and defending him on border security as DeSantis hurried, sharply worded attacks on how the administration has handled the cost of living and other problems. At one point, DeSantis accused Newsom of running a shadow campaign for president in 2024, a premise that California governor has vigorously rejected and gone to great lengths to dispute. And we've talked about the possibility he's running for president in, in secret in case Biden suddenly can't. Anyway, he was asked directly by Hannity if he would say unequivocally he would not run in 2024 under any circumstances. Newsom quickly shot back, correct, he said. I don't know how many times I can say it, just making this stuff up about a shadow campaign. I appreciate and respect the work the president is doing and the vice president. It's the Biden-Harris campaign and team. And Newsom also interjected to correct DeSantis on pronouncing uh, uh, Kamala Harris's first name, uh, saying DeSantis should show more respect. I should say I always mispronounce it because it looks like Kamala to me. So I say and it's supposed to be Kamala, I think. After the debate, Newsom said... I focus on defending and promoting, supporting, telling the truth about the Biden record. I was pleased to have the opportunity, he said, adding that he felt the 90-minute back and forth was part of an anti-Biden doom loop. Newsom, at multiple points, 
pointed out, DeSantis gaping, polling a deficit in the Republican primary, where he trails from frontrunner Donald Trump, even in his own state. A big dig, because everyone knows DeSantis is failing. He said, how's that going for you, Ron? (laughs) That's what he said. That's hilarious. And in a hilarious dig, Newsom said, one thing we have that we have in common is neither of us will be the nominee for our party in 2024. Oh, man, that's a serious dig. Uh, In reading the debate, I saw that DeSantis was basically argumentative, but only arguing about talking points. Like that book he held up. That was stupid. Uh, That Newsom, he he dismantled all the talking points one by one. Anyway. It's Friday. Don't forget about the Friday flaming bag of crap left on your doorstep. That's when politicians throw something out there uh, in the news cycle, hoping that it'll uh, 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 disappear in 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 24 hours and not show up on Monday so they don't have to deal with it. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Friday, December 1st, 2023. Friday, December 1st, 2023. 52 minutes long. and eh, not too bad. Uh, man, I really appreciate you so much coming every day, every week, every time you're here. Uh, it's so nice of you. Thank you so much. Bring someone with you uh, today or this weekend. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. Uh, and don't forget, yeah, it's important to know that you can uh, sick uh, you can you can play my podcast when your relatives are visiting, so just to annoy them enough. Uh, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, tweet to me or X to me. Uh, questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles.